Hey everybody, this is Bob Z, the pastor of Joy Christian Fellowship. I want to thank you for tuning into our podcast. I hope it's a word that will encourage you today. Let's remember in these challenging times we're living that God is still in control and that his love for us endures forever. Amen. God bless. I needed that. I needed that. Just to take my mind off of regular day-to-day life and just enter into his presence and mm, just let him love on us. I hope you enjoyed that too. The more we seek him, the more we will find him. And the more we find him, the more we will hopefully love him. That sounds simple enough. But are we really seeking the Lord or are we seeking the world? His love is so deep, it's more than we can stand. I melt in your peace, it's overwhelming. I melt in your peace. It's overwhelming. That's what we just sang. I melt. Think of that. I melt in your peace. It's overwhelming. So is his peace overwhelming us this morning or is the lack of his peace overwhelming us this morning? Because without his peace, the chaos and the confusion and the deception of this world can be overwhelming. So let's seek him more than we seek the pleasures of this world. And maybe, just maybe, the peace of Jesus will overwhelm us instead of all the noise and lies and chaos chaos of the world. Amen? Yeah? It's worth a shot. <laughs> it's worth a shot. Well, today's Mother's Day. That can be overwhelming for, for some. But my prayer is that all our moms will have a blessed day today, regardless of what may be going on. You know, it was President Woodrow Wilson. Who was his VP, Scott? See, Scott knows all the presidents and all the vice presidents. You don't even have to mention the name. Just n- remember, president number, what number was Woodrow Wilson? Boy, I put him on the spot. Oh, you let me down, man. <laughs> okay, never mind. But you got the vice president. That's what I was. Anyway, President Wilson, by an act of Congress in 1914, here's your little history lesson, proclaimed that the second Sunday in May would be recognized as Mother's Day. He declared today as a day for the public expression of our love and reverence for the mothers of our country. You know, it's been said that no nation is ever greater than its mothers, for they are the makers of the next generation. Think about that. There's a lot of truth in that. No nation is ever greater than its mothers, for they are the makers of the next generation. And when you think about this, God came to earth through a mother, right? He didn't just show up one day. He came through a mother. A very wise woman I know once said, you know, I would love to be this ideal mother that I hear about, but I'm just too busy raising my kids. (laughs) Amen, moms? (laughs) Want to be that ideal mom? I'm too busy raising my kids. I get it. Another mom I know told me, you know, before I got married, had no kids, I had three theories about raising children. Now I have three kids, and I have no theories, so motherhood's difficult. It's challenging. It can be discouraging at times, so so I just want to say thank you to all mothers today, whether they're physical mother or spiritual mother. Thank you 
for the sacrifices that you make every day, for the prayers you pray every day, for the nurturing you do every day, for the love you show every day. Thank you for all you do. And thank you for being a faithful part of this congregation because we couldn't do any of this without you. All right. Today's message is simply titled Mother's Day 2022. It didn't have any fancy, catchy title. Just Mother's Day 2022. We're going to look at a passage in Matthew 20 and 2 Timothy 1. So, Lord, right now, tune us in to what you want to share with us. You've got something on your heart for this group of people for this day, this on this Mother's Day, Lord. Give us ears to hear what your spirit is speaking to us in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I believe if you asked anybody what they thought were characteristics of a really good mother, they'd probably say things like, well, it's, she's someone who provides for her family. She's someone who protects, someone who nurtures, someone who loves, someone who encourages, someone who takes good care of their child's needs or children's needs, someone who wants the best for their kids and to see them live for Jesus and have good health and be willing to help them achieve their goals. Those would be characteristics of what people would think would be a good mom. It's just natural for parents to, to want the best for their kids, but sometimes we, we need to check our motives. And there's a mom in the Bible who wants the best for her kids. Her two sons, James and John, were two of Jesus' closest disciples. So I want us to look at their story and see how, how it could apply to our lives 2,000 years later on this Mother's Day. So, Lord, ask, add your blessing to the reading of your word. Make it come alive in a fresh new way. Give us a greater insight or a different angle on this that maybe we, we didn't know. Your word's alive and it's active. So let it come alive in a whole new way this morning, we pray. Amen. Okay, John's Gospel. Chapter 20, verse 20. Then the mother of James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus with her sons, she knelt respectfully to ask a favor, okay? She knelt respectfully. She took the posture of worship by kneeling before Jesus, but her real motive was to get something from him, not to give him anything, but to get something from him. Man, that kind of stuff happens in the church way too often because true worship praises and adores Christ just for who he is. And for what he's already done for us on the cross, it's not so we can advance our own agendas. So Mrs. Zebedee has a plan. And her two sons and her come to Jesus, and they, he, she kneels before him to ask this favor. Look at verse 21. What is your request, Jesus asks. Here it comes. She replied, in your kingdom, please, she's being polite, please let my two sons sit in places of honor next to you. One on your right and the other on your left. Now, Mrs. Zebedee has this all figured out, how she sees this happening. She wants her boys to sit in places of honor, one on each side of Jesus. Now, this mom was fully aware of Jesus' teachings about his kingdom. She obviously didn't fully realize what kind of kingdom he was talking about. But she knew her two sons were very close to Jesus. She knew Jesus had 12 disciples on his dream team, but she also knew that Jesus had an inner circle of three, Peter, James, and John. 
and she knew her boys made up two-thirds of Jesus' inner circle. So she must be wondering, okay, what's his plans for them when this kingdom is set up? So I'm thinking high and, and lofty aspirations for my boys in this new kingdom. So she's wondering about this probably when Jesus establishes his new kingdom. Where are my boys going to land on this leadership role? Now, this story is also recorded in the 10th chapter of Mark's gospel, but Mark only mentions James and John asking Jesus for this bold favor. He, he doesn't mention Mrs. Zebedee. So, so maybe Mama and her two boys, they got together, they huddled up, and they come up with this plan together. Either way, when you think about this, this is a self-centered request. Because just before this, just before Mrs. Zebedee and James and John approached Jesus, Jesus just got done telling his disciples for the third time that when they get to Jerusalem, he's going to be betrayed. He's going to be arrested. He's going to be beaten. He's going to be crucified. But on the third day, he'd be raised from the dead. Third time he's telling these guys this, and they still don't fully grasp it. So he just got done telling them what he's facing. And, and I thought, wow, that's pretty insensitive of uh, Mrs. Zebedee and her two boys because they weren't even concerned what Jesus was facing. They're just thinking about themselves. They were wondering what was in it for them in this new kingdom Jesus was going to establish. So, so Jesus needs to, to set them straight. Look at verse 22. But Jesus answered by saying to them, he's addressing James and John after the mama. He said, you don't know what you're asking. And he looks at the two boys and he said, are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering I'm about to drink? He's talking about the cross. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, they replied. We are able. No, they weren't. Not yet. These guys didn't fully understand the suffering they must face before living in the glory of God's kingdom. Otherwise, they wouldn't have run away like they all bailed on them. But when you think about it, we're not much different, right? We, we want to share the glory. We want the blessings. We want the glory. But we really don't want to share in the suffering, do we? None of us are going to sign up for that. I won't. Maybe you won't either. But the glory and the suffering are two sides of the same coin. We don't get one without the other. The good news is that the suffering is temporary, but the glory, the glory lasts forever. Hallelujah for that, right? We want to share in the glory. Got to be willing to share in the suffering. James and John, they tell Jesus, oh, yeah, yeah, we're able. We're able to drink from that same bitter cup of suffering. And Mama's probably chiming in, as long as they get to sit next to you in places of honor, right, Jesus? One on the right, one on the left. You'll do that for my boys, won't you, Jesus? Did, did you notice I'm kneeling while I'm talking to you? All right, let's look at verse 23 and 24. Jesus told them, you will indeed drink from my bitter cup. But I have no right to say who will sit on my right or my left. My father has prepared those places for the ones he has chosen. And when the ten other disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant. Hmm. So Jesus is showing James and John he's under the authority of the Father. That God the Father makes these decisions about leadership in the kingdom. And these positions of honor, they're not just giving out his favors to his close comrades. They're for those who have kept their commitment and their loyalty to Christ in spite of severe trials, in spite of persecution. Look at that last sentence up there, verse 24. 
When the ten other disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant. These guys were ticked off. And it wasn't because of they were so holy. It wasn't because of their own righteousness. It was because of their own selfish ambition. They wanted the top spots, too, with Jesus. You read through the Bible, these guys would always argue about who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom, you know? And they're upset with James and John for trying to grab the top two positions and using their mama to try and get a favor from Jesus because they all wanted those places of honor. But Jesus taught them and, and he teaches us that the greatest person in God's kingdom is the servant of all. Right? Authority in God's kingdom isn't given for selfish ambition or self-promotion. It's given for useful service to God and his creation it's always about him. It's never about us. Even though sometimes we think it's about us, it's never about us. It's always about him. The sooner we learn that, the better. But let's get back to the mother of this story and being its Mother's Day. What about her? What about Mrs. Zebedee? She approached Jesus with a selfish request, and it's really easy to criticize her for being so bold and thinking only about her boys. And Jesus told all three of them her request was out of line because it was up to God the Father to determine who would sit where? It wasn't up to Jesus. However, Mama Zebedee, her request shows us two important truths we need to remember. Number one, this mama wanted her kids to be part of God's kingdom. Right? Good and godly mamas want to see their kids get saved, right? I mean, as parents, this should be the most important thing we desire for our kids. Sure, we want them to be happy. We want them to be healthy. We want them to get good grades in school. We want them to get a good job. We want them to have a good marriage. We want them to do well in life. We all want that for our kids. And those are all good things. Don't, don't get me wrong. They're all good things to want for our children and our grandchildren. But but would you want them to have all the world can offer them without a real relationship with Christ? Or would you rather they do without some of the world's stuff and know they're saved and know they have eternal life with Christ and that they will seek him more than they seek the stuff of this world? I hope we don't have to think too hard about that one. What, what is ultimately more important? Everything here is temporary, right? Mrs. Epody wanted her boys to be part of God's kingdom. That's a good thing. Maybe her methods were a little self-centered, but that's a good thing. Bobby and me, me too, we want our kids to be part of God's kingdom. We want our grandkids to be part of God's kingdom too. Now I have an older brother and a younger sister. And our great-great-grandfather, great-great-grandpa Z, he had one son, my great-grandfather. My great-grandfather, Z, he, he had two sons and a daughter. And one of those sons was my grandfather. Now, my grandfather had two sons and two daughters. And one of them sons was my father. My father and mother had two sons and a daughter, my brother, me, and my sister. So the name Zwarich has been passed down for quite a few generations. But you know what? It ends with me. My brother and his wife had two girls, no boys. Bobby gave birth to three girls, no boys. My sister's the one with the boys. <laughs> so the last name 
Zvorich ends with me. And you know, before I got saved, that bothered me a little. I thought, man, the name's not going to carry on. But now, man, now it doesn't bother me at all. Now I'm much more concerned that my children and my grandchildren will bear their heavenly father's name instead of their earthly father's name. Amen? Bobby and I are more concerned with passing on to them a heritage of faith in Christ than we are a family name that people have trouble spelling. Godly moms want their kids to receive Jesus as their Savior because they know it's the most important decision that they'll ever make. But I also know not every godly mom's children are walking with the Lord. And I know that can be painful. Sometimes our kids and even our grandkids make poor choices. They end up having terrible consequences. But we don't give up. We, we don't give up. We keep praying for them, knowing that, that God wants them to get saved or he wants them to come back to him more than we do. So we keep praying. We keep our hope alive and we just can't give up. We can't let hope die. So even though Mrs. Zebedee was self-centered in her request of Jesus, she still wanted her kids in God's kingdom. And that's a good thing. And secondly, she wanted them to be active in God's kingdom. She didn't want them just to blend in with the crowd or just sit in the back of the room quietly. She wanted them right there next to Jesus. She wanted them actively involved in kingdom work. So it's not enough for us to just want our children to be saved, we should want them to be contributors to the kingdom, not just consumers. See, churches have way too many people who, who are content to just fill a pew or a row of seats on Sunday morning. Plenty of people want to receive, but not everybody wants to give. Not everybody wants to give of their time or their talent or their resources. Thank God for the ones that do. So how do our kids become givers and active members of God's kingdom. Where, where does that generous spirit of serving and giving come from? Well, it comes from God, but it starts in our homes. It starts in our homes with, with moms and dads setting the example consistently and, and praying that their sons and daughters would get involved in kingdom work once they're saved. See, kids, even little kids, they see how important church is by seeing how important it is to their mom and dad. If mom and dad don't think coming together with the body of Christ is important, then don't expect your kids to think it's important either. It's our responsibility to set the good example. Bobby set that example for our girls years ago when they were small and I was still in bed hung over on Sunday mornings and she would dress Sandy, Tanya, and Amy, and she would dress them, and she would take them to church every Sunday, with or without me, mostly without me back then. She wanted to set that example to our girls that this is important. This is what we do on Sunday mornings. I was setting an example, too, but I was setting a terrible example for what I was doing on Sunday mornings. Thank God for a praying wife. <laughs> a Hebrews 11-1 woman right there. Thank God the Lord delivered me from alcohol and drugs. But we're the ones that set the example, good or bad. And Mrs. Zebedee, she wanted her boys active in kingdom work. And I hope we want the same for our kids and our, our grandkids. Even having the kids take up the offering, that's a start. You know, that's, that's being involved in the life of the church. Don't be like the family who had their baby dedicated to the Lord at the beginning of this year. They they were driving home after the service, and, and, the, and the baby's seven-year-old brother was crying. 
he's sitting next to the baby in the, in the car seat, and he's crying. And the mom says, Johnny, wh why are you crying? We just had this beautiful dedication service for your baby sister. Why are you crying? And Johnny told his mom, well, the pastor said he wanted us to be raised in a Christian home. But I, I want to stay with you guys instead. <laughs> Ouch, right? We lead by example. Is this on? Okay. <laughs> Tough crowd. It ain't that early. Come on. <laughs> but I want to stay with you guys instead. <laughs> there you go. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you very much. I'll be here all week. No. <laughs> Godly moms and dads, they set the example of faith and service for the kids. So we need to model for them what the Christian life is supposed to look like lived out all week, not just Sunday mornings. I know it's not easy because kids, well, they'll be kids, right? And sometimes, well, maybe most of the time, we're just trying to get through the day, get them fed and cleaned up and, and put to bed and take a deep breath before we get some sleep, before we start over the next morning again. Am I right? Hey, moms, remember, I hope some of the moms will listen to the podcast so they get this. Remember how important your role is. It's not just a job. It's, it's a ministry. It's a God-ordained God ministry because you're shaping and molding a young life or maybe several young lives. You're, you're nurturing them and, and you're protecting them and you're, you're loving them and, and, and you're praying with them and for them and, and leading them hopefully in the right direction and a hundred other things you're doing. And I, I really admire the moms I know because I know they really want to raise godly kids in this crazy world. And us dads, we need to do our part in that process too. Bobby did most of that when the girls were young. I helped out later, but man, she, if it wasn't for her, I don't know what, where our girls would be. But there's nothing more important we can do, okay? I hope you believe that. Hey, moms, you know how important it is to set the example of a godly mom? Look at 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. This is the Apostle Paul, and he's writing and encouraging his younger protege, Timothy. And he writes, I am reminded of your sincere faith. Listen to this. Which first lived in your grandmother, Lois, and in your mother, Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. There's no mention of a father. There's no mention of a grandfather. Just the sincere faith of a grandmother and the sincere faith of a mother who obviously lived it out and set the example for young Timothy to follow day after day after day. And it's up to us to set that example for our kids and our grandkids. I heard someone say once, well, I don't want to force my beliefs on my kids. I want them to decide for themselves. Well, they will. They will. But listen, if we don't teach them, the world will. And it's unbelievable what the public school is teaching eight-year-old kids these days. It's perverted. It's demonic. It don't even get me started on it. Set the example, moms and dads, but set the example like Timothy's mom and Timothy's grandmother. Our kids still need to choose for themselves if they're going to believe if they're going to live by biblical principles, they still have to choose for themselves if they're going to follow Jesus or not. God doesn't have any grandchildren. 
Our kids can't make it to heaven on our faith. They need their own. But let's build a solid foundation for them, right? Let's set the example so they choose the right path, okay? The right path is Jesus. He's the only path to the Father. Jesus said that. I didn't. So let's set the right example. Amen? Their eternity is at stake. It's nothing to play around with. I just want to say God bless all of our moms today and every day. Amen? Please stand with me. I'm just going to say a prayer. If you want prayer for anything, I'll be up here for a while. You can pray where you are. You can pray for somebody else. If you got to go, God bless you. Enjoy the rest of your Mother's Day. If you do nothing more than just go home and rest, enjoy that. Lord, thank you that we can honor our moms, and this shouldn't just be a, a one-day-a-year thing. They're worthy of honor. Now, some moms drop the ball in a lot of areas of our life, and, and maybe we don't have that relationship. Uh, but I just pray for our moms here. Bless them. Encourage them. Give them hope where they think they've blown it yet again. Encourage them. None of us are perfect. Like that woman said, I, I wanted to be that ideal mom, but I was just too busy raising my kids to do that. So help them as they raise children, maybe help raise grandchildren to nurture and, and, and set that example, that godly example of what's really a priority in their life and, and what's just extra. Let's not get our priorities. You said seek first your kingdom and your righteousness, and all this other stuff we worry about not having enough of, says you'll give us that too. Do we believe that or not? Seek first your kingdom, your righteousness. Help us to all do that, not just moms, but dads, brothers, grandpas, papas, nanas, all of us. Help us to set that good example so they take the right path, your path, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.